Matter of fact, Proverbs 13 says, pride always leads to arguments. In Philippians 2, through 1 through 11, where we will be today, we have the greatest explanation to me when I read this ever written. The connection between harmony and humility and happiness. So as we unfold the verses, verses 1 through 2, you will see happiness comes from harmony. And there's four kinds of harmony that Paul outlines so clearly in this passage. Verses 3 through 5, harmony comes from humility. And he gives you four keys to be able to do that. In 6 through 11, Paul shows you how Jesus modeled it all. So if you will open up your Bibles with me. I will be reading from the New Century Version. Now, yes, I prefer NIV or King James, not New King James. But let me tell you what New Century Version is. New Century Version was written to target people fourth grade through high school. It was developed by four very major linguists from the Bible. And, and in this, the language, it just connects. So I'm going to be reading that. I know most of you are going to be following around with NIV, but I want you to hear it because for me to be able to have a 21-year-old understand this passage so they don't do something like this, we as a church have a charge. And Paul has put it in front of us. Does your life in Christ give you strength? Does His love comfort you? Do we share together in His Spirit? Do you have mercy and kindness? If so, make me very happy by having the same thoughts, sharing the same love, and having the one mind and purpose. When you do these things, do not let selfishness or pride be your guide. Instead, be humble and give more honor to others than yourself. Do not be interested only in your own life, but interested in the lives of others. In your lives, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. Christ himself was like God in everything. But he did not think of being equal with God was something to be demanded. Instead, he gave up his place with God and made himself nothing. He was born to be a man and become a servant. And while he was living on the earth as a man, he humbled himself and became fully obedient to God the Father, even when it caused his death, a death on the cross. So then... God raised him to the highest place, and God made his name greater than every other name, so that every knee will bow in the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven and earth and under the earth. And one day, everyone will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and bring glory to God the Father. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, impact our hearts so we can give it away. Not in this building, but to our families and to our neighbors and to those who are hurting, Father. Teach us today, Father. And all of God's people said. We're going to listen to a song. It's one of my favorites when um, 
Lucas does it, but we're going to just spend a moment and before we dive in. I think so. You know we're going to play a video at this point. Yeah. I don't know if you got told about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it's it's on YouTube, and if you can't, we can we can ixnay. Did Frank tell you? What's it's I need you. Be patient, everybody. And while we wait, Lord, we pray that Lucas's time in the worship conference, he is filled in ways and strengthened so his giftedness, Father, continues to impact this church and those around him. Thank you, Father. Perfect, thank you. Great to have a tech guy who who rides a motorcycle and I can throw something at last minute.
When I cannot stand for all you Jesus, you're my hope and stay Teach my song That's all right. We get the point. We need them. Amen. All right. Let's stop and keep your Bibles open. Uh, come on, knees. Don't quit on me now. All right. Thank you, Ninja. You can open up your Bibles. Four kinds of harmony is outlined in Philippians 2 2. It starts off saying, You will make my joy complete and create happiness. By number one, having the same mind. That's a mental harmony. There's unity in thinking. By sharing the same love, there's this emotional uh, connection, emotional harmony. Being united in spirit, we are connected spiritually and intent on one purpose. That's headed in the same direction. Now, I will tell you, I've done a lot of premarital counseling and marital counseling through the years, and this is the thing that I attack and teach first. When the Bible talks about unequally yoked and all these things, I walk them through, let's talk about where your minds are, where your hearts are, where your spirit is, and where your direction is. And helping young couples to understand the power and where harmony and humility is wived in those relationships. You see, Paul explains so clearly, humility is the path to harmony and happiness, especially in our relationships. So if you're tired... If you're tired of having conflict in your life, you've got to reduce the conflict with others God's way. And so we're going to look at it. But I'm going to warn you right now, and here's three warnings if you're going to really practice this. Three warnings that you have to do it. First of all, the four habits that he outlined here are radically, radically different, counter-cultural today. It's the exact opposite of everything that modern culture teaches right now. But, but many successful relationships do you see today who don't follow it. Secondly, all four of these habits, if you're going to practice what this scripture says, is going to feel unnatural. It's not going to feel right. But it is something that only the power of Jesus can give us. And lastly, if you're going to practice it this week, I'm going to warn you, you're going to be tested. You're going to be tested in it. And if you're going to study this, if you're going to look at this, suddenly this scripture is going to come up and remind you of this. So first of all, never let pride be your guide. Never let pride be your guide on this. Pride is the root of all sin. Every conflict has an element of pride mixed into it. If you're, and I, I love this, what, war, what letter is in the middle of pride? What letter is in the middle of crime? What letter is in the middle of sin? Man, and sometimes I just have an eye problem. Now, just so you understand how this gets you in trouble, why did Satan get kicked out of heaven? Pride. He had five arrogant claims, according to Isaiah 14, 13 through 14. 
This comes out of the message. You said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven. I will establish my own rule over the stars of God. I will run the assembly of angels and I will climb to the top of all clouds and I will become God the Most High. Hmm. The problem, the world's rewards, um, it's kind of a narcissistic attitude. Have you ever noticed, especially today, how the most arrogant athletes, the most arrogant stars tend to get the biggest rewards and the biggest salaries? And that's what our kids look like. And that's what our, everybody looks at this thing. And how many of you, and there are people who do practice this. But Philippians, when, if you're still following with me, in 2.3, two, it says, Do not let anything, anything from selfish ambition or vain conceit. Anything. So there are two kinds of conflicting, creating pride problems here. Number one, selfish ambition. Self-serving, it's all about me, my needs, my goals, my career. That's all that matters. James 3.16 says, Wherever there's jealousy or selfish ambition, you will find confusion of every kind of evil. So let's think about this today. Let's look at politics. Is it a little confusing right now? Let's, let's look at marriages. Is that a little confusing sometimes? How about churches? <laughs> and you guys aren't a part of this, or maybe you have. If you're a part of HOAs, they can be just as political sometimes. A paralyzed government. And it's kind of like this attitude that we see right now. And I'm not telling you, hopefully you never figure this out. But there's this attitude, I'm just going to take my ball and go home now. That's pride. The other part is, is uh, when we look at this scripture, good ambition and selfish ambition. Paul compares uh, with others. In Romans 15.20 it says, My ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ, and it's never uh, been about being heard, rather where a church has already been started by someone else. Paul didn't want to go to the next big church. He just wanted the name of Jesus lifted up. 2 Corinthians uh, 5.9 also approaches uh, the final frontier of ambition. We make it our ambition to please God. 1 Timothy 3.1 says, If a man desires to be an elder, it is a good ambition. And if you look at the qualifications of elder, boy, it's a little scary. And if you remember from last week what we studied, First Philippians 1.17, some preach Christ out of selfish ambition. The other part of this is vain conceit. Self-opinionated, I'm always right, I got my opinion, I, I want to be seen. I'm more concerned about my image than relationships. And I love the way the Living Bible says it. Don't live to make a good impression on others. Another version says do, uh, don't do anything from a cheap desire to boast. You, you remember uh, in, in the part of this, and 
and I do post scriptures and stuff, but I'm very careful not to like, oh, Marshall's going to post something because he's got it wired. Sometimes when I read these tweets, I'm going like, wow, these people are just perfect. And, and, and I never, because man, I'm far from that. Far from that. I don't want to put up any persona that, that I got vain conceit going on me. You, want, you ever wonder why celebrity marriages fail? Well, I'm going to tell you, even though you don't want to hear. <laughs> vain conceit. And you just look at it. When millions treat you like a rock star, millions treat you like a rock star, it's pretty hard to listen to your spout that you got a flaw. Now, I'm not a rock star, and I still have that problem. That's vain conceit. You can't admit you're wrong. You can't back down. You can never compromise. And you can never forgive. You can't forgive. In Galatians, Paul lists 17 effects. 17 effects. And he starts with sins. And there's only a few of them. Uh, sexual sins, drunkenness, wild parties, idolatry, which is what churches focus on the most. But we forget the rest of them that all have to do with Galatians 5, 19-21. Our selfish, indulgent in nature shows itself conflicting and quarreling. Jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition that causes divisions among people and feeling that everyone is wrong except those who are in your own little group. Number one, the habit of harmony and happiness is never, never let pride be your guide. But there's a flip side to this. There is a flip side to this. Number two, being humble or I will stumble. Philippians 2.3 says, instead, of be, instead, be humble and give more honor to others than yourself. Now, humility is often misunderstood. You've heard me say this one before because we talked about this about a month and a half ago. It's not about thinking um, less of yourself. It's thinking of myself less. It's not denying my strengths. It's being honest about my weakness to people. It's not putting myself down. It's about building other people up. It's not devaluing myself, but it's evaluing other people more. James 4, 6, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. It's clear that God does not like pride and I don't want to be on the wrong side of that being prideful so how does giving more honor to others increase my happiness through service I'm going to give you a, a little hint here relationships crumble when I am not humble they will crumble number three and that's when I think of these, these young men. Was there something? When you're in youth groups and you see kids, and even now that I'm caring for people 75 to 100 years old, this is so important. It used to be you brought a bunch of junior hires in because 
it was high school was still the most pliable and you could reach them and then now it's it was junior high now the most teachable pliable age is four and fifth grade because these kids have become so charged at this thing and here's the part number three you got to learn the lost art of paying attention we now live in this crazy ADD world and if you just watch for a minute the texting on cell phones, even during meetings, anybody see that happen? Walking across campuses and the youth with their, their phones and listening to them, totally focused on a video game, or how many liked a post did you guys kind of see? That's the, I think Instagram's going to do away with being able to like things because they see it's causing problems or something among people. You know, the one thing when I sit in where we live and I see 180 seniors and I see their families in and out, you know what the most neglected thing is? It's just sitting and listening to their hearts and being valued in that. And it's not about my story. Let me understand your story. Let me understand who you are. A junior higher wrestling from the cadre of Oh, what this world says sexuality is to this violence, to those things. We better pay attention. Again, we're back in Philippians 2.4. Don't be interested only in your own life, but be interested in what others care about too. And if I had any lecture I could ever, ever give a dad in their busyness and in their life, is, man, listen to your kid. Sorry, thinking about these 21-year-old kids. Let me ask you something. When you see a group picture, and I'm guilty of this, and you're in it, what's the first person you look for? So, man, that log is not far out of my eye. So are you interested in what concerns only you? Do you get bored when you listen to other people? Do you find your attention drifting away from people? Again, another version. Care about as much about others are concerned with as what you care about yourself. And the last part of this, and I love how this comes right out of Philippians, what we've been to five. Ask what Jesus would do. Philippians 2.5. Your attitude should be the same as Christ, that of Christ Jesus. So what does that mean? That's a, a big thing. First of all, I don't demand what I think I deserve. Let's look at Philippians uh, 2, 6 through 7. Though he was made God, he did not demand and cling to his rights as God. He emptied himself of all he had. Secondly, I look for ways I can serve. Back to Philippians 2.7. And he took on the nature of a servant, becoming a human just like us. Here are two great examples. John 13, 3-5, so I could do what Jesus does. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist 
and began to wash the disciples' feet. He knew his identity. As we take communion today, Jesus is Lord. The other part is, I do what's right even when it's painful. Even when it's painful, being humble is not an easy task. Philippians 2.8, while living as a man, Jesus humbled himself even more by being fully obedient to God, even though it meant death on a cross. Proverbs 29.23, pride ends in humiliation. Well, humility brings honor. It brings honor. Sorry. So the reward, what is that honor? What is the honor of this? What, what does it really mean if I can do this and change the world and people's lives with it? We're back at verses 9 through 11. Because, God, because of this, God exalted Jesus to the highest honor and made his name great than every other name. In that name of Jesus, every knee will one day bow in heaven and on earth under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and give glory to God the Father. You ever wonder why people swear Jesus' name? Use Jesus' name in vain? You could say Marshall all day long, and it doesn't have an impact. I could cuss Marshall's name all day long. Exactly. Why don't we hold it that powerfully? Jesus is Lord, just as we prayed today. Amen? There's no other higher name you can use. No other thing that we can put before. And boy, do I need to remember that, because that is the reward. Amen? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. These young men, Lord, I know one day they have to bow before you. This world that sometimes seems so confused from political arenas to churches to things around us, Father. I just pray, Lord, that we understand and look at the example that you gave us, Lord. We love you. Lord, I know my wife was going to teach one of the names to the children today. That meant powerful God. We know you are powerful. We know you are filled with grace and love for us. And we recognize that in your name. And this entire body of believers said together, Amen. Well, we're going to move to the communion table.